understanding when pain does come mm-hmm. that it's perfect too like you said earlier it's divine too mm-hmm. so you don't you know why not seek being as comfortable as you can be like why i don't understand why you would seek anything different mm-hmm. follow your heart mm-hmm. because that's when you're most comfortable like i climbed kilimanjaro mm-hmm. it wasn't fun it wasn't comfortable it wasn't easy but in a way i was following it, it was that's what i wanted mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so I'm always following my heart, but it doesn't mean that everything's going to be pretty. In this episode, I'm talking to Brian Kest. He's a yoga teacher from California, and I met him in 2019 in the yoga conference in Cologne. And some of the things that he said back then stayed with me for very, very long. Yoga has truly transformed his life, and that is something that you can really feel. He speaks from a place of experience, of long experience as a yoga teacher and from a place of authenticity. And what he says is sometimes a little bit provocative and sometimes it seems to be very obvious, but it's such a good reminder and the way he speaks and the way he uses language and the way he forms his message is very unique and inspiring. And I wish you to enjoy this conversation. Welcome to Listen to Love. This podcast is all about relationships, starting with the relationship that you have with yourself. My name is Julia Pieper and I made a promise. I promised to myself that in the end of my days, I want to say yes. This was it. Thank you. I am fulfilled. I lived life to its fullest. Listen to the wind and listen to the water, hear what they say. Listen to the wind and listen to the water, hear what they say. Hello, hello, Brian. I'm so happy to speak to you after practicing with you here in Barcelona. And first of all, thank you for your time. And I'm gonna start with the question that I asked to all my podcast guests in the beginning, as this is the Listen to Love podcast. Mm-hmm. And so many people, us included, I guess, listen to this inner narrative of negative thoughts, such as anger, fear, like stressful thoughts that we don't want to have. So when was the last time in your life that you listened to this inner voice of love and that an a conscious action followed that maybe led into a different direction or something unusual? Um, well, I want to say every day. So today, mm-hmm. you know, because I'm always trying to put these benevolent qualities into my mind. Like even, you know, as I'm walking to teach the class, you know, I want to visualize um, the people being affected in a positive way from the class, you know? So I visualize um, a very healing light over the whole class and I visualize them arising with a big smile and floating out. And I also um, remind myself always that, um, you know, my intention is to bring joy um, to people. And so even when I'm walking to class, I am thinking this and visualizing this. So I don't know if this is answering your question, but, you know, I I think it's important that we try to put our mind in a benevolent place, mm-hmm. you know, because otherwise I don't see how we're going to cultivate benevolence. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so I try, you know, I mean, I'm, I still catch my mind sometimes wandering into dark places. Mm -hmm. But the more I try to put my mind in a benevolent place, the more I find that it's there. Mm -hmm. And the less I am rolling in some kind of, you know, stress-inducing mentality or mm -hmm. something like that, negative mentality. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can really feel that in your presence. It's really authentic and it's your purpose. So you're living your purpose and you're cultivating, it's your practice, it's your daily practice and your purpose to cultivate benevolent uh, thoughts, as you, mm -hmm. as you call them. So I find it very inspiring how the last time that we practiced together, you said, and this, this sentence stick with me for, for a couple of years now, it was mm -hmm. in Cologne in 2019. <laughs> so you said, people take their shit into yoga and transform yoga into shit. And I think it's very important and also interesting to speak about the question, how is this happening and how can we prevent ourselves from, from taking our shit into yoga and transform yoga into shit? And one of my teachers that is also here, Jason Niemer, says that everything can be poisonous and everything can be a remedy. So I think is very much related to that and I'm very interested in what you have to say. <laughs> well, usually in Germany, I don't say shit, I say Scheiße. <laughs> But either way, it's the same thing, right? Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, well, you have to bring your Scheiße to yoga. There's no choice. You can't leave it at the door. It's coming with you. And that's okay. We want it to come with you because yoga is the, actually the place that we're supposed to deal with it. Mm -hmm. And you can't deal with it if you don't bring it with you. So mm -hmm. hopefully it is coming with you, you know, and then, you know, because you, are, you, you have to understand the goal of yoga is awareness. And that is so you can become aware of where your mind is dwelling, right? Is it dwelling in Shiza? You know, because if it is, then you have this opportunity to pull your mind away, mm -hmm. right? Like, you don't have to think about anything you don't want to think about. You might catch yourself thinking about something, but once you catch yourself, then you have choice. Mm -hmm. Do I want to continue or not? And I think this is what yoga is all about. It's about choice, mm -hmm. right? So you are making the decisions instead of the decisions being made for you because you're not aware that it's happening, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you look at yourself naked in the mirror and you have judgmental or critical thoughts about the way you look, you know, um, if you're not aware of that, then you are just strengthening judgment and criticism because whenever um, you feed something, it gets strong, right? So the idea is to become aware. And then if you don't like this, which I would think that you wouldn't, because these are some of the most stress producing qualities, you know, judgment, criticism, self-loathing, stuff like that. So then you pull your mind away and then those qualities become weaker and weaker. There, I've never heard of another way, you know, even modern psychology is moving in this direction called mindfulness. Mm -hmm. Right. So yeah. um, that's what we're doing. So people are going to just like you look at yourself naked in the mirror might be critical because um, you've been programmed by your culture that this is beautiful. And if you don't fit this image, you think there's something wrong with you. Right. Well, you know, and you are then playing this program out in front of the mirror. 
Um, well, we do the same thing in yoga. You know, we come to yoga. Maybe you know how we are with our body. Maybe we bring our judgment, our criticism, our competitiveness. We can also bring our reactiveness. We can bring our distractedness. This is the shaiza, right? These are the things that prevent us um, from living more benevolently, right? So then we start to notice this and we just pull our mind away. We bring our mind back to what we're doing. That's all. It's called being present. Mm -hmm. You know, I like to call it living the miracle, Mm -hmm. right? Because the greatest miracle there could ever be is the fact that we're alive. Right. So come on back to the miracle. Pay attention. Right. Instead of rolling in these thought patterns. And then those thought patterns become weaker because you're no longer indulging. Mm -hmm. Their food is your mental energy and unconscious loyalty. Right. So we pull the mind away and we do. That's what I'm saying when I say, you know, we bring our shiza to yoga and turn yoga into shiza. It's that most people are not aware that they're rolling in this stuff. Because the teacher's not even talking about it. The teacher's talking how to do the pose correctly. You know, they're more talking about the physical. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to bring this up so people could consider this mm-hmm. and then decide, yeah, I like that. I'm going to do this, you mm-hmm. know, or maybe they don't like it. They decide, they discard it. My job is not to make them like it or not like it. It's just to remind them of this mm-hmm. so they can have a choice themselves. Yeah. And how to do a pose correctly can feed this inner, oh, I'm not good in math, I'm not doing good, I, I'm not capable, all these negative narrative that can feed that Certainly. even more. So Certainly. that's why asana can be can be poisonous, but it can also be a remedy. So how would you say can asana be a, a remedy just as much as walking could be a remedy, as you said, your practice, like walking to class is your practice cultivating positive thoughts, visualizing what you want to bring to the room in that moment. Um, so how how would you say how can asana become become a, a remedy? Well, because just like brushing your teeth is a remedy for keeping your teeth healthy, that's what asana is. Now you are brushing your shoulders and your hamstrings and your biceps and your glute muscles and your Achilles tendon. So you are using the asana to care for these places. The only way on earth you could take care of anything mm-hmm. by touching it gently. And touching something gently means touching it mindfully. And when you're mindful, you're no longer rolling in the shiza. Mm-hmm. You can't because you're paying attention to what you're doing. Your mind can't think about one thing and pay attention to something else. So, you know, to be gentle, which is what's necessary for this to be healing, you have to pay attention. Mm-hmm. And if you are paying attention, then, you know, you are not thinking about other stuff. And when other stuff comes into your mind, you're immediately aware Yeah. Because it's pulling you away from paying attention to what you're doing. So you catch yourself very fast. Mm-hmm. Right. And so and then again, because you catch yourself, those qualities become weaker. And then you find that you're in those shiza qualities less. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your mind goes where your energy flows. And noticing our tendencies And this is why by yoga can be so powerful because we notice our tendencies and we bring our tendencies to yoga when we have the tendency to have a certain thinking pattern, for example. And we then we bring that into yoga. And if we really pay attention, as you said, we can only focus our mind in one thing, even though society and multitasking and sometimes we're like trying to, mm-hmm. but it, it always messes up a little bit. So yeah. like, if yeah. we are really honest, we can only 
Well, yeah. you don't want your doctor operating on you while thinking about something else. Exactly. <laughs> you don't want your lawyer, you know, reading a contract that you have to sign. Exactly. Without focusing on it. Yeah. So, yeah, you're going to make mistakes. You know, this multitasking thing is crazy. It's really crazy. You know, I yeah. mean, it's that's when people make the most mistakes, when mm-hmm. they're not paying attention. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So honoring the energy level i think that is also something that we can really we can really learn to to really honor where we are mm-hmm. energetically seeing how much do i want to practice today or sometimes less is more even and there was something inspiring that i that i heard from Brené Brown she has this with her partner some kind of ritual that when they come home they ask each other like what's your energy level right now And then they they share like in percentages. And I think we could do these things more often, not only also in work environments or so, because you don't know from the outside. People are pretending all the time. That's why people are pretending in yoga as well. Sometimes, you know, they feel like they need to show off. They need to show off from in, in front of themselves even. So being really honest with how much energy do I really have right now? I mm-hmm. think that is also something that... Um, that can be very beneficial in this moment. And when we step on our mats to really ask ourselves as if we would ask our partner, like, how much energy do you have? And then react accordingly and act accordingly. Mm -hmm. No doubt. Um, Yeah, I mean, for me, it's not even a question because you're just feeling and then you're responding to the feeling. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes you don't know. You know, you could come to yoga and think, oh, I'm going to do this and this and this. And then you get into the yoga and you're like, fuck, I have no energy. Mm -hmm. Like everything changes. Mm -hmm. Right. So, you know, whatever you think in the beginning Mm -hmm. might change in five minutes. Mm -hmm. Right. So to me, the question can be there, but it's not really something you ask yourself. It's just it's something, you know, when you're doing it, Mm -hmm. because then you're feeling it. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, you have to honor what you're feeling. Mm -hmm if it's going to be healing, Mm -hmm. right? Which was the intention. Mm -hmm. Most people are not honoring what they're feeling because they're too busy trying to get somewhere that doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. I mean, it doesn't matter for health and wellness. Mm -hmm. Maybe it matters for other reasons, you know, Mm -hmm. to fulfill their ego or their vanity or or something else. Maybe, like I said in class, maybe they're a Cirque du Soleil performer and they have to get loose even if their body's screaming, stop, (laughs) right? Yeah. So, yeah, but if the, if the objective is healing and wellness, then you have to honor what you're feeling. But sometimes you don't know what you're feeling until you get into the pose. Like I always say, no one in the world, no yoga teacher, nobody mm-hmm. knows how to do a yoga pose until you get into the pose. Mm-hmm. Because then when you're in the pose, you feel how everything happening in your life is affecting you. Mm. You can't know beforehand. You have to get into the pose to see, oh, wow, all this is affecting me like mm-hmm. this. I'm tighter than I was yesterday. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that till I got into the pose or today I have more energy mm. or today I have less energy. You know, I came to yoga thinking I was going to do all this stuff. And then I get to yoga and I just want to do child's pose, you know. Mm-hmm. So you... Yeah, you can ask yourself that question, but you have to be asking every moment because any moment it could be changing. Mm -hmm. So instead of even asking, don't worry about it. Just know that you are going to honor what you're feeling, Mm -hmm. right? You're going to honor what you're feeling. Now, in a relationship with someone else, that that might be different, but it's certainly true that that 
communication is a very important part of healthy mm-hmm. relationships with other people. You know, being mm-hmm. honest about how you are. Yeah. yeah. What your needs are for sure. Yeah. 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 And the podcast is a lot about relationships as well. How mm-hmm. to how to hold a re- healthy relationship to title. yourself and to others. Yeah. So. Yeah. And of course, I feel like what I love in your class as well is the the sense of humor that you always bring. And I think that's something that we sometimes lose in our everyday life, like to to be able to really laugh about ourselves. I think it's it's interesting and also to speak about and think about what are the things that are maybe important to take serious. I would say the first thing that comes to my mind is our own health. <laughs> um And which things we can we can be a little bit loose with, you know, where we can really laugh about and we shouldn't be so tight with, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. It's just that, you know, like when you say your own health, you know, different people have different ideas of that, mm-hmm. you know? So um, – You could say, you know, you should be serious about, you know, your own health, but maybe being serious about your idea of what health is mm-hmm. actually might be hurting you. Mm. Right. So I think just being playful is important in general, you mm-hmm. know, and um, I think that I've heard that there's not too many things on earth more healthy than laughing and smiling you know it's like it's the opposite of stress if you think about it Mm -hmm. and whenever you laugh you immediately become present in your life Mm. right immediately like when you're going down the roller coaster or you're laughing at a comedian's joke whenever you're like happy you're present Mm -hmm. right and when you're present everything that ever happened to you disappears it's like you're free Mm -hmm. right and maybe that's why you're so happy right i mean (laughs) Because it, it allows you to become free. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, we I guess we want to be serious about our health. But we also have to be not serious about our views of what that is. Because as soon as you learn something new, then those are gone. Now I'm doing this. Like some people are so serious about something. Then they come to my class and they hear something. They're like, oh, yeah, like I shouldn't be serious about that. That's crazy. Right. So, yeah, we we can be light. I think we can be light and be open to a lot of other stuff and um, just keep going down the path that makes sense to us. And then when something's new is revealed to us, then we change, you know. Mm-hmm. So you just keep doing what makes sense to you always. You follow, you know, your heart and, and your mind, both of them, right? Because they're both there for different reasons, you know. They both guide you mm-hmm. and they both balance each other, right? So, um You know, like your heart could want you to stay in a relationship that's not smart for you to stay in, mm. right? But so your mind will tell you, no, that's not healthy. This person is not nice to me. Mm-hmm. But your heart is like, I want to stay. I want to stay. So the the the, the mind is very important to uh, taper the heart's desires, and the heart is very important, you know, to to soften the mind's analytical stuff. So it's like man and woman. That's a perfect fit, you know. Mm. It's a per- yin and yang, right? So, yeah. Yeah, nice. Um, you covered a lot of topics that um, were already recorded in previous episodes. I have like one episode about female and female polarity. This one is in German, though. And then um, there was one episode about um, lucid dreaming and um, 
we were speaking about Miguel Ruiz. I was speaking with a friend the from guy Mexico. That wrote that book? Four, is that the the four, four agreements. Yeah, the and four one agreements. of them is not to make assumptions. And I think that is something very powerful, how mm. to keep the mind healthy as well. Because so often, as you say, if you, as you were speaking about the roller coaster, which I think is a very good metaphor for this. Yeah, it's just the metaphor probably for like going down that roller coaster, you know, like going down in like thought spirals that are bringing us down energetically and mentally. You and know, in English, you know, ass uh, assumptions, assume. Mm -hmm. Assume is A-S-S-U-M-E. That's mm -hmm. how you spell assume. Mm -hmm. This means an ass out of you and me. <laughs> Whenever you assume, you make an ass out of you and me. <laughs> okay, thank you. I right? didn't know this yeah. one. <laughs> Look at the spelling. Ass, you, me. Yeah. <laughs> So true. Oh, my God. This is the result of assumptions, probably, in general. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. For sure. Yeah. I think another really unhealthy tendency that most of us have is people-pleasing. And I don't know if you have any funny, interesting, or deep um, thought with regard to that. I think we kind of do it on the mat also sometimes. Like we feel like I used to be very much like that when I started yoga. I was always thinking that I need to please my teachers, that they wouldn't mm -hmm. be happy if mm -hmm. I wouldn't do a pose mm -hmm. like in a certain way. Mm -hmm. took me a long time to just do whatever I want also. Then consciously I, I realized that tendency, so I, I caught it. And then I started to sometimes just go to another pose, on purpose, even though it felt very uncomfortable for me. Um, so to break that pattern. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that um, you sh we should wor worry about making other people happy. You know, I think we should worry about making ourselves happy. And a lot of times making ourselves happy is making other people happy because, you know, it, there's nothing more fulfilling than giving to others. Mm. So... But at the same time, you know, you you, um, you don't want to do something that doesn't feel right to you in order to make somebody happy, mm -hmm. right? Because then you won't be happy, mm -hmm. right? And I think that people pleasers have that issue, right? They're not happy, right? Because they're always looking for their approval from someone else. So they're going up and down on a, like a roller coaster, depending on the feedback they're getting from others. I don't think we should worry about this, but it's, it, it you know, if that's your nature, it's, you know, you how to get out of that, you know, mm -hmm. but it's the same thing, right? It's that's like a malevolent tendency, right? So you become aware of it and you stop feeding it. Yeah. You know, I mean, I had this too, you know, with my, with my teachers and all that. But I also remember like um, feeling very unsafe with a teacher and and then finally saying to myself, no, I won't do that because um I'm afraid. Mm -hmm. I'm afraid I will get hurt and I don't want to take that chance, regardless of what they're telling me to do. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm very happy I made that decision, mm -hmm. you know, because I feel like I would have got hurt. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, but that's a that's a good one. I think a lot of the answers to this is just starting is the awareness. It's the goal of yoga, starting mm -hmm. to be aware. Like if you are a people pleaser, you know, be aware. Oh, you know, I am. I am discarding what I want in order to please them. And then when you're aware of it and you know, like th th this is not a healthy thing to do, right? Then you can choose. You can choose. Do I want to do that or not? You know, maybe some people will choose to keep doing it because they're not ready to stop. 
that's okay. It's like, you know, it's like a cigarette smoker or, or, or heroin or whatever, you know, maybe they're fully aware they're doing it, but they're not ready to deal with what they have to deal with when they stop. Mm. So they're making that decision, you know, for the, for even if it, they know in the long run, this is not a healthy decision. They're just not ready to stop. Like, I'll quit smoking tomorrow. Mm. It's always tomorrow, right? But, you know, maybe one day, you know, they say, finally, I will do it today. Or maybe one day they get diagnosed with cancer mm. and they will stop, you know. Um, but, you know, everybody in their own time will, will do what they need to do. You know, I always say that everybody in the world is doing the very best they can do at any given moment. Mm. always because if they could do better they would mm-hmm. right so we're all doing the best so no judgment you know mm-hmm. no judging other people mm-hmm. because we don't know what their experience is right and maybe if you had their parents and you grew up in their world you wouldn't be different than them so why can how can you judge them you know mm-hmm. you're coming from a totally different place you're not coming from their place exactly right so um and probably that's why you know when the nails were going into jesus's hands he was saying do not judge them you know Mm. ultimately we have to get out of that you know and you just worry about yourself Mm. yeah it's very very beautiful that you say that because that's really part of my practice as well to always assume that this is the only way moment where i think assume is really assuming is really healthy because Mm. when i assume that others are doing their best When I believe, I think that's more than an assumption. It's really a belief. I I truly and firmly believe that people are doing their best. And it's giving me just so much peace. Mm -hmm. Because even if something that somebody said in the street, for example, yelling at me because of something, you know, sometimes Mm -hmm. there's people walking around and just yelling at people, you know. And I can take that personal if I want to. But I can also believe this person is right now giving the best he or she can and it has nothing to do with me sure like yeah i mean they could be crazy yeah i mean like you know if you were crazy you'd be doing this too (laughs) right so like how can you judge them like you don't know what's happening in their brain Mm. what's working what's not working maybe they were at war and a bomb Mm. blew up Mm -hmm. this is in the states a lot a lot of the homeless people are the veterans Mm -hmm. who were in the war Mm. Right. And they're they're PTS, you know, they're Mm. traumatized and, you know, something clicks in their mind and they can't function. So, you know, and also, you know, like. Like, uh, you know, maybe you're driving and someone cuts you off and flips you off with this mean look and all that, you know, and and, you know, I always think to myself, you know, you know, like I remember when I was young. Mm-hmm. Right. And young and stupid. Mm-hmm. And how many crazy things that I did mm-hmm. that maybe hurt other people, mm-hmm. you know, and, but I know in my heart I'm a good person, mm-hmm. but I was still doing crazy things that probably hurt other people. So I just say to myself, you know, that's that's me when I was young mm-hmm. and I'm not a bad person. Maybe they're not a bad person. Yeah. You just didn't know better. Yeah. In, in English, we call it just giving the benefit of the doubt mm-hmm. to give someone the benefit of the doubt, mm-hmm. you know. And no, I agree with you. It's not assuming, Mm -hmm. you know, it's really in the heart knowing that they are doing the best they Mm -hmm. can do, you know, Mm -hmm. not assuming because it's true. No one could ever do anything other than the best Mm -hmm. they could do. Mm -hmm. That's all anybody can ever do. Mm -hmm. Right. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. I was practicing that last night when I was in the Kirtan here in the Barcelona Yoga Conference and I was sitting next to my friend and her, her child was climbing onto her like 
Like yeah, these trials would yeah. do, you know, just yeah. just being a little bit wild and explorative, beautiful mm -hmm. as kids mm -hmm. as kids are mm -hmm. naturally. Mm -hmm. And then there was a woman sitting behind, and she was getting like really angry because she couldn't see properly. Mm -hmm. But there was a lot of space around, you know. She could, she could have just moved to another place, but she was. I really felt her energy. She didn't say anything, but but I could mm -hmm. see her face and like really becoming really mad and. Intuitively, it really affected me because I was, there was a little moment where I became, oh, come on, we are here in the Barcelona Yoga Conference. It's a, it's a festival. We are just having a good time. Like, why is she like this? And then I, I just switched off the light. And I think we always have the choice to just switch on the light, you know? And I was like, okay, maybe she feels lonely. Maybe she feels, you know, you don't know. I'm not in her shoes. And then very counterintuitive because the intuitive thing in that moment would be to give her a weird, like also a look, you know, to fight back kind of. Mm -hmm. And then I just took a moment, switched on the light, gave her like a big smile, you know, and then she just gently moved a little bit to the side so that she could still see I was okay. But so often when we get those bad energies, we just want to fight back and we want right. to, instead of just what people need, everybody needs and what people just need mostly in these moments, especially in their dark moments, is love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you have to give it without being attached to whether they give it back. Yeah. Because she could still look at you and say, fuck you. you and know? be Why even more so aggressive. Happy? Right. <laughs> I realized so, this also. You know, and so, you know, you just have to stay neutral, right? Of and course. just be like, hey, I can, like when I said to you in the beginning, my, one of my, my, um, Like my internal mantras is, is may I bring joy? May I share joy with others? I, I say, may I bring joy? May I share joy? It, I don't say, may they be joyful being with me <laughs> because I can't control that. Exactly. Right. All I can control is me. Exactly. Right. And the least I can do is stop feeding their anger. Mm. Right. Maybe I can make them smile. Maybe not. But at least I'm not making them angry by fighting back, mm -hmm. right? And just taking a little situation and making it bigger, like you're taking a rainstorm and turning it into a hurricane, mm -hmm. yeah. right? That happens a lot, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, but it was so powerful to feel how, how a smile can be so transformative, even though it's not always the right No, remedy. you're not guaranteed. <laughs> Sometimes it can make them more mad because then they're like, you're happy and I'm not, and they don't like to see that. Exactly. Because you become a reflection of how unhappy they are. Exactly. But right? for a moment, I was also thinking, okay, we are here all together, you know, enjoying kids and like really playful And maybe she's all alone, you know? Yeah. And maybe she yeah. just feels lonely, even though she's practicing all day and everything. She just wants company, probably, right. you know? Like, wants yeah. connection, like all of us do. Yeah, no doubt. And But there is a balance, too, you know? Like, maybe your friend should be sensitive to the fact that we that people are coming to Kirtan. Mm -hmm. And, um, like... I don't like it when kids are running around my yoga class. It's mm. completely distracting. I know. What you mean. know, yeah. nobody likes it, mm. you know? So you have to find the balance. For sure. You know, you have to find the balance. Like mm. as a yoga instructor, my job is to create this ultimate environment mm. for people to practice yoga. They don't have kids running around in meditation. Yeah. Right. So, so, you know, I might go up to that person and say, Hey, you know, I'm, Is there a way that we can occupy your child? You know, so you have to find the balance. And sometimes you're in situations where it's out of your control and that's when you surrender. Like, mm -hmm. hey, I can't do anything about it. You know, like once I had a homeless person, you know, like, you know, 
First, she pulls down her pants and she puts, spreads her butt open and puts it against the window <laughs> and starts to pee. No way. Yeah. Was it an outdoor class? It was, no, but the, the, she was outside and on the window. Oh, whoa. Okay. She put her spread and put her butt against the window no and started way. to urinate. <laughs> Right. And then oh she then she she finishes and then she opens the door and walks into the class. And we're all like, oh, my God. you know, it's like, you know, this, you know, this is like out of nowhere. There's a rainstorm. I mean, you know, this is, you know, this is an opportunity to be less reactive and more accepting, you know, and yes. deal with it. We can't control everything. Mm, of course. So yeah. you have to surrender. But it's always the balance, too. Like if you know you can do something to make the experience more optimal. Mm. You know, so this lady's probably thinking, how come this your friend doesn't realize that, you know, we came here for this and, mm -hmm. you know, I can't even do any of this, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and your friend's probably thinking, well, she could just move over there or whatever, mm -hmm. you know. So mm -hmm. this lady has to just accept that your friend is not sensitive to this. Mm -hmm. Right. And you have to accept that this lady's reacting. So I think the best thing ultimately is just for us not to be so reactive. Mm -hmm. Right. And even she could say nicely to you, you know, like, um, you know, it's hard to focus with the, the, the child. Exactly. And your friend could say nicely to her, I understand, but I had no one to watch my child and I had to bring her, you know, or I wanted my child to enjoy this energy, mm. yeah. whatever. And then, you know, one of you makes a move, mm. you know, yeah. just to, to, um, to make sure that they get the most out of the situation. Yeah. Yeah, I think this was like a concert where... A lot of people also were dancing and everything. Yeah. So it's very different than a yoga class and everything. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I completely understand. It's I think it's also spiritual gas gaslighting to always say, oh, everything is um is always light and everything is yeah. So it's it's very important to to see the challenges and to address them in, right. in a right. in a way that is appropriate. So interesting, in, in Tantra they say everything is divine, right? And as we understand it with our Western mind, we always think that something divine is something that is only light and positive. And whereas the Tantric approach is to really see everything and the yogic approach as well, like Hatha, like sun and moon and to, to balance, to find a, to find a balance. Yeah, I mean, I believe everything is divine mm. because even actually the the Shiza, it might be more divine. Exactly. Right? Because yeah. if you think about it, like, I can't grow this muscle mm -hmm. if I don't challenge it. Mm -hmm. Right? So part of growing as a human being and a spiritual being mm. is through challenge. Mm. Right? Challenge makes you strong. Challenge makes you wise. Challenge makes you creative mm -hmm. and insightful and opens you up to different perspective. Mm. Right. So challenge isn't bad, even though it doesn't feel good. Mm -hmm. Right. And if you look at it in a positive way, like without challenge, there's no growth and you really want to grow and evolve, um, then it puts a positive spin on a negative situation. And therefore, maybe it creates less stress for you. Mm. Right. So yeah. I definitely believe this. We, we used to do ceremonies and uh, at the end of the teacher's training, you know, where we have candles and statue of Buddha and flowers and incense mm -hmm. and always a pile of dog shit <laughs> right there with the candles and the incense, mm -hmm. because that's reality. Mm -hmm. Right. Instead of pretending everything, you know, is like this. No, it's like dog shit is part of life. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. 
And you so, might even step into it on your way to work and yeah. then you smell a whole day. <laughs> yeah. So you have to be able to look at that. It's like, okay, the, the universe knows what it's doing. Yeah. My, I can't understand with my little brain mm-hmm. how everything's supposed to be, you know, but I can trust. Mm-hmm. And it's easy to trust yeah. because I can see how perfectly the nature is working, mm-hmm. you know, how yeah. the rain falls and the grass grows and the deer eats the grass and mm-hmm. the lion eats the deer and then the lion's body goes back into the soil. And like there's a perfection, like mm-hmm. in the Lion King, they call it the, the cycle of life or something. Yeah. yeah. And like we are part of that. Mm-hmm. There's nothing we can think and there's nothing we can do that's outside of that. Exactly. Right. And mm-hmm. if you can trust that and in religion, they call it faith. Mm. it's faith. Like God knows what God's doing, right? Mm-hmm. God knows what he's doing. Yeah. So it's, it's that. And mm-hmm. I try to have that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. Sometimes I think it gets misunderstood because many people believe if they hear, okay, divine timing doesn't mean that you are happy all the time. It means that there is moments where you need to go through a challenging time in order to arrive somewhere and to realize something and to, to see light again, you know? And I think sometimes if we hear that in our Western perception, we hear, okay, everything is divine. We we think it's supposed to be, once we start to immerse on the spiritual journey, it's supposed to be, oh, now it's only just light and flowers and beautiful. But there is dark as well. And there is moments where we where we struggle a lot and sometimes it feels like okay going two steps forward one step back and then maybe one step forward two steps back even so that's part of it like look at like are are, do you do you like where you are in your life right now yeah 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 well you are here because of everything you've been through Mm. and i know you haven't only been through pretty things i know you've probably had much pain in your life Mm. and much challenges in your life Mm. But those, all of that has brought you here, mm. right? Yeah. So what what about that is not, if you like where you're at, then you have to honor that stuff mm-hmm. because that stuff brought you here. Without that stuff, you wouldn't be here. Mm. So what is bad? I think we're sometimes just so afraid of leaving our comfort zones. Well, I sure. know that you probably, when you're listening right now, you feel like, oh yeah, but it's just so comfortable. Maybe I don't dare. So if there is anything that you really dare to do, don't dare to do, See if there is probably a way of how to still make it happen and how to do it and make the thing that is probably feels like impossible for you right now. See if you can find a way to make it possible. Yeah. One of my teachers in the ashram where I was um, living for a little while in India used to always say careful with comfort. And I really like that. Um, It was just this little phrase that he from time to time repeated in his speeches and it really stayed with me because it's so easy to get so comfortable, you know, these days specifically, we can just order our food. We can just so comfortable to move from A to B, but it's so important sometimes to, to walk from A to B and not to always take the fastest way, you know, in this fast living time specifically to slow it down. And sometimes, yeah, as you said, if I don't work this muscle, it doesn't grow. And it's the same for the brain yeah, as our... But, you know, it doesn't even matter. I mean, I think ultimately, you know, we should seek comfort. We shouldn't seek pain. Mm -hmm. But we just have to be 
understanding when pain does come mm-hmm. that it's perfect too like you said earlier it's divine too mm-hmm. so you don't you know why not seek being as comfortable as you can be like why i don't understand why you would seek anything different mm-hmm. follow your heart mm-hmm. because that's when you're most comfortable like i climbed kilimanjaro mm-hmm. it wasn't fun it wasn't comfortable it wasn't easy but in a way i was following it, it was that's what i wanted mm-hmm. right so I'm always following my heart, but it doesn't mean that everything's going to be pretty. So you just have to be prepared, you know, for when things don't look the way you want it to look that, you you know, you realize that's part of the path, too. Mm-hmm. It's not like you have to force yourself to be uncomfortable. Why would anybody do this? Life offers enough of this. Exactly. Right. You don't have to like, you know, I mean, if there's a, you know, a, a, a seat on the bus and no one's taking it and you want to sit. No, you don't have to make yourself stand because you shouldn't be comfortable, mm. right? Sit, right? Make yourself comfortable. But then if someone jumps in and sits for, before you and you can no longer sit, <laughs> take a deep breath and say, okay, I'm not supposed to sit now, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, for sure. I really liked how you said um, that following your heart is comfortable for you. Because I feel like for many people, they have like an idea and probably also for you now when you're listening, you have an idea of, what your heart really, really wants. But then there is so many buts, but I can't do this because of, yeah. I don't know, my kid, yeah. my job, my partner, right. my environment. Fear. Yeah. Fear. Um, so I really like, and I think that's very empowering to, to see it that way, to flip the chart or to to click on the light and to, to switch it in that way to say, hey, following my heart is actually comfortable because then things can align and go in, come into a divine flow and there's going to be like a divine timing, which sometimes means, okay, you won't probably arrive tomorrow where you want to be or what, what your heart's desire is. I mean, how much time did you, did you need climbing that mountain? I think that's very good metaphor as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or just think about if you want to be a doctor or a lawyer, or you, mm. I mean, you can't just be, you have to go through a lot of discomfort to become that you have to go through medical school and Mm -hmm. you have to put yourself through a lot of stress in order to to become what you want but you are following your heart you are following your dream you know you are not looking for the path of comfort you are looking to get to a place of comfort in your soul and that place is the place you envision yourself to be but along the way There's going to be a lot of challenges and thank God for that because those challenges are what's going to, those challenges is what makes life interesting. Mm -hmm. You know, when I got to the top of Kilimanjaro, it wasn't that big a deal, you know? Okay. I mean, I've been on the top of hills before and I see great views and here's another great view. I I think what was special was everything it took to get there, Mm. right? This was what was special, the struggle that we went through and we made it through, you know, the one guy who collapsed and we had to carry him down and then come back up. And, you know, the, the camaraderie with the camaraderie with the people that we were with and um, how we grew to love the Sherpas, the people who were carrying our stuff and mm-hmm. and meeting them. And, you know, there was really no big deal being on top. Mm-hmm. You know, it was <laughs> it was getting to the top. And it was amazing. I just had this powerful experience. But the view, like, you know, Mm. okay, I've seen a million. I could go to the top of a building and see a wonderful view. Okay, it's a little higher. But, Mm. yeah, I think the power was in doing it, Mm -hmm. right? 
Yeah. It wasn't even getting there. It was in, in doing it, mm. in getting there, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's where you become strong. Exactly. Like this quote that maybe some of you heard already so many times, yoga is not about reaching your toes, it's what about what you learn on the way down, you know, what you learn in the practice. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So we are moving towards the end of our conversation. Is there anything that feels like needs to be freed from mm. your heart? No, 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 no. I'm, I'm happy. I, I wanted to, um, you know, I love, I love sharing yoga. This is my passion. Mm. You know, so when you ask me to do this, of course, I say, if there's time, for sure, I, I want to do it because, you know, maybe there's something in this podcast that someone hears that that helps them. Mm -hmm. And um, that's what my my life is about. Mm -hmm. So I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm happy to do it. I, I don't come here with an agenda like I have some kind of message to share. I just want to answer your questions, honestly, mm -hmm. pertaining to yoga. You know, I mean, I could talk about you as you saw in the talk that went way <laughs> longer than I planned. And, you know, when I when I lead my trainings and all that, I, you know, I can talk like my trainings are five days, 40, uh, eight hours a day. So 40 hours. Mm -hmm. And I don't stop talking once. <laughs> it's yeah. just Yeah. So, you know, there, there's, this is a rich subject. It's mm -hmm. a wonderful subject. It's an interesting subject. It's powerful. Mm -hmm. And for me, I don't see another way for healing. I just don't, you know, um, I haven't. You know, I've been doing this now for over 40 years and um, I've been turned on to a lot of things. And for me, I don't see another way, you know, other than, you know, strengthening the benevolent and eradicating the malevolent and taking time every day to develop this and work on it mm. um, and share with people how, you know, you do create your own suffering. Mm. You know, it's coming from your mind state. It's not yeah. just a yogi saying that now or Mahatma Gandhi or, mm -hmm. you know, now it's quantum physics, mm -hmm. right? Like attracts like. You draw to you that of which you are. That means you are 150% responsible for everything that happens to you, mm. right? You couldn't see it if it wasn't coming from you, mm. right? Because everything you see is a reflection of you. And the yogis called that maya, mm. right? So the yogis acknowledge it, right? So, um, you know, it, the more people can be responsible instead of blaming others and instead of complaining, They're like, I'm the cause, right? I am the cause. Then, you know, then they can take responsibility and they can work on eradicating that place in their own mind that it's coming from. And then you will see that less. You know, it's just a matter of where your mind is. And, you know, I have lived this. Like, I have watched this in my life. Mm. So, um, yeah, that's. I just want to share that perspective and, you know, tell people to give it a try, experiment. I could be wrong, you know, and they, there maybe is another path for them, and that's fine. But, but here's here's my perspective. How do you feel about that? And maybe a lot of people come up to me and they say, "Wow, I never heard that before." Matter of fact, this whole festival, everybody's just talking about the pose. One person came up to me today and said, "No one gave lecture like you give." There, everybody just immediately started doing the pose, mm -hmm. and I was so happy to hear all this before I do the pose because it changes the way I do the pose, right? Otherwise you bring your shaisa to yoga and you turn yoga to shaisa, but you don't know because no one said, oh, you should be looking for shaisa, mm -hmm. right? So, um, yeah, so it's, it, 
that's what I like to do. Yeah, it's really fun. It feels like that you are kind of a devil's advocate in the festival mm -hmm. because so many people come really to celebrate, which is also really devoted, can be in many, many different ways. But really speaking about how to how to work with the shiza, basically. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's why I burp. Exactly. I say fuck. <laughs> and I burp. And I do things that, like, people react to. You provoke. And, and yeah. I provoke. But then I show them, like today, like I let out really good burp. And everybody's like, whoa. <laughs> and I tell them when I went to Beijing and I burped. Right. The whole class started to applaud. <laughs> right. And then I learned afterwards that when you burp in China, it's a sign that you enjoyed your meal. Yeah. And I think they were happy I was enjoying Chinese food. So they all were happy that there's Americans enjoying Chinese food. <laughs> right. And then I burp in France and 10 people get up and leave. They're so angry <laughs> at me. Right. And I'm like, who's right? The, fr the Westerners or the Chinese? Who's mm -hmm. right? And I say, it's not right or wrong. If you grew up in China, you would be applauding. If you grew up in France or in the West, you'd say, oh, that's disgusting and crude. <laughs> right. So all you don't even know how you feel about it. Right. All you know is what they told you to feel. Mm -hmm. It's like you've been programmed by your culture and you're playing out that program. And then you pass that program to your children and they pass it to their children. And in 6000 years, nothing's changed. Right. The crime, the war, the poverty, the hunger, the disease. It's all still there, right? Technology is not the answer. It's making it worse because now we can kill ourselves with, you know, pollution and a bomb. We couldn't do that before, mm. right? So it's like that. then these great people like Jesus and Buddha and Mother Teresa and Martin Luther, they came to the planet and said, hey, wake up. Look at what you're doing. Like you're, you know, you're, you're creating this reality. And they say, try to develop benevolent qualities. Mm -hmm. Right. Like try to you've been programmed and you're just acting out the program. So I just try to bring. And so what's a good way to do that? Burp. <laughs> Burp. Right. And just like look at all the different reactions and like why this and that. It's it's what you were taught. So you're not really acting authentically. Right. You're acting according to what they told you you should act. Mm -hmm. So you're like a robot. Yeah, it's so funny. I just realized that moving from Germany to Portugal, I live in Portugal now. And in Germany, everybody was always so ashamed to let out sounds that the body naturally wants to release. I do that a lot in, in the yoga classes and like to sigh or moan or mm. whatever. And um, people in Germany were always super afraid. And mostly I was the only one or the people who practice with me regularly. Okay, but new people or new classes um, was always a little bit of a, a shame thing going mm -hmm. on with regard to body sounds. In Portugal, I was completely um, surprised mm -hmm. because there it was so easy, All you right. know? Mm -hmm. Like everybody was, I was almost like overwhelmed when I just invited them for the first time to mm -hmm. to free their sounds. Yeah. And it was like, whoa, okay, what's going on here right. in the room? Yeah. Super interesting. Yeah. Well, it should happen like that, you know? Yeah. But And it's okay. Some people don't make sounds and some people do, you know? Mm. But then again, you have to find the balance because, you know, like I remember being in a yoga class once with someone who was moaning so badly, like it was just totally distracting. Yeah. And so you have to be, You, it's always about finding that balance, like, yes. you know, and of course, you know, maybe that person should just go to a moaning yoga class, <laughs> right? Where that's the way it is, you know, yes. but, you know, of course, a, a sigh, a, oh, yeah. you know, and sometimes it helps people because then they realize, oh, they can do it too. Mm -hmm. 
right? Yeah, suddenly they release their belly because all day long they have been holding mm -hmm, on to because mm -hmm, they wanted mm -hmm. to look in a certain way or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's important that at some point there's always rebel yogis coming to this world and trying to, to work on themselves. And I think it's yoga is a very powerful tool, all, all yogic practices uh, or tantric practices that we, that we have. Mm -hmm. um, can be very, very powerful. And the last question that I would like to ask you, and I ask this to all of my podcast guests, is if you could send a push, push message on your, <laughs> very difficult to say in English, push message, message on your phone to all the phones in the world, and it would get translated automatically. So it's like this very short message that you would get Sometimes you get these when there's a flooding or something like that, you know? Mm -hmm. But it would be hopefully a good message. So what would you send? The message gets automatically translated in the language, mother tongue of the receiver. You know, I would probably have to steal Gandhi's quote mm -hmm. and just say, be the change that you want. I would add a little bit, though. Mm -hmm. Right? Gandhi says, be the change that you want to see. Mm -hmm. And I would say, be the change that you want to see because it can't change in the world if it doesn't shift inside of me, mm. right? I would add that last part just to let them know how to be the change, mm. right? But that's all. I mean, that's, that is, you know, what I'm trying to get people to understand in yoga that, you know, their reality is a byproduct of their mind state. And if they want more benevolence in their life, then they have to cultivate benevolence. Mm. If they don't care, then don't worry about it. But don't complain when the shit happens because it's your fault. Right. Mm -hmm. Like Donald Trump is your fault. Right. It's nobody's fault but yours. Mm -hmm. You couldn't see him if it wasn't coming from you. Right. I mean, which one of us doesn't have anger and fear? Which one of us doesn't tell lies? This is a reflection of us. This is if and if you are not having those things, then you can't see him. He's not in your reality. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I would just remind people that because that's. I don't see another way for personal healing than to take responsibility, right? Instead of changing, trying to change everything on that, you can't control what other people do, you know? If, if I walk up to you and slap you, you know, um, you know, and you get mad at me, then you're going to be mad your whole life because you can't control me, right? You have to take responsibility. You have to say, you know, what, what, what am I doing to bring this to me? Right. And then when you realize that, then, you know, you're not getting slapped so much. Mm. You know, I used to I've been in jail three times, you know, so, you know, and and I also was very angry person, you know, so like I was drawing this to me. I was putting myself in an environment um, that was like myself. Right. You, you go to jail, you're around a lot of angry people. Mm. And I was an angry person, you know, and as I started to realize Right. That um, I am in charge of my reality, according to where my mind dwells, you know, and I started working on this. Right. And so, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, at least 30, 35 years since I've been in jail, you know, but I was like every time I three times, you know, before I was 24, three, two years old, I was. You know, and every time I look around, you know, there's some angry man or some police officers like cause I was drawing this, you know, mm. like, you know, I came from an environment where, you know, my dad used to beat me and stuff like that. And I had a lot of anger in me. And um, and I was, you know, it's like they say, like, if you are abused, mm. 
then you will abuse your kids. They say in English, the abused becomes the abuser, mm. right? So you have to work hard to break the link, mm -hmm. to break the chain. Because your dad or mom or whatever, who they programmed you. Because the child will never listen to the parent. The child will just become the parent. Mm. Right? So it doesn't matter what you say. It matters how you are. Right? So how are you? Right? So my father was a certain way. And so I inherited this. Right? He carried a gun. I've seen him get out in the red light in the streets, pull out the gun. And I've seen him swing, you know, fight with other men in the street. Mm -hmm. Right. And like, this is what I'm looking at as a kid, you know, and I'm thinking, okay, this is how it is. And it takes, and then of course I grow up and I am in these situations too. Not surprising. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, how, how to make the shift. And I made the shift in my mind. I became aware I mean, I used to think all the time, angry thoughts, mm. you know, and now almost never. And the huge difference now, I, I haven't been in fight. I haven't seen police. I haven't, you know, in 35 years. Mm. So, and I made conscious decision to, you know, shift where my mind goes. So I know it works. Mm. I can't promise it's going to work for you, but I know it works for me. And, and, and this is what all the great ones are saying, right? Each one of them said the same thing. Mother Teresa, compassion, Gandhi, nonviolence, Martin Luther King, equality, Buddha, moderation, Jesus, non-judgment. They all said, try to develop the benevolent qualities of your mind. They all said the same thing, right? Then Pantanjali saying, quiet your mind. This is another benevolent quality, right? Your, your mind is quiet. This is the opposite of stress. Right. I mean, every now science is I mean, everywhere you turn, the message is the same, but it's hard work mm -hmm. because you are addicted to where your mind dwells. And we all know breaking addictions is not easy, but I'm here to support you. Your yoga class is here to support you. Mm -hmm. Right. This is a supportive environment where we can start looking on that. And if you have no support, it's going to be harder, but you can still do, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, and it's a supportive environment that you choose consciously. Yes. So when did you choose that? When did you step into your first yoga class? My first, well, my first yoga class when I was 14 or 15. And um, the, one of the most important things I ever learned in the beginning is, you know, because their yogis have a concept called karma, mm -hmm. right? What goes around comes around. You could even say that's quantum physics, like attracts like, or even what was Newton, did the law of grab like what goes up must come down is this i don't know if this is newton um but this is the law you know and so you know i saw that and i remember like just doing stupid things and immediately stupid things happened to me like you know i would speak negatively about someone and i would turn around and smash my head you know and i would relate it i'd be like oh you know i did something you know malevolent and something malevolent happens to me And so I started to become aware of my, my actions. Be, it was kind of selfish, right? Because I, I became aware of my actions because I didn't want anything bad to happen <laughs> to me. But it's at least it's a beginning. Mm. That was a beginning, uh, uh, being aware, right? And I was doing it for, you know, to help me live more peace. Not because I really cared about other people so much, mm -hmm. you know, but eventually... You know, I realized that, you know, caring about other people is, you know, very important because I want other people to care about me, you know, and I want to live in harmony with other people. So that idea of karma evolved, you know, but it was a good starting point, you know, 
be, to start becoming aware of your actions because you're creating your reality. And actions is the first thing you're aware of. And then the second thing is words. What words are you speaking? Mm. Are they harmful? Right? And then lastly, but most importantly, thoughts. Mm. Right? So the three levels, action, word, and thought. Mm. You know? And if you're just beginning, you know, start with the actions. I, you know, make sure you're not acting in a harmful way. To yourself and others. Yeah. And then, hey, make sure you're not speaking in a harmful way. You know? And then yeah. finally, make sure you're not hoping in a harmful way. Yeah. And I, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a process. And then lastly, when you're on this path and you know that, you know, having negative thoughts or even negative words, or even negative actions, you know this is um, not aligned with harmony and peace and love, right? And then you catch yourself doing it. Then you have to make sure you don't judge yourself for doing it. That's a trap, right? Like, you know judgment is wrong, so then, you know, you catch yourself judging, and you start judging yourself for judging, (laughs) you know? So I look at it like when you are, you know, acting in a way that's harmful, and you start to become aware of it, now you even have a bigger opportunity to be loving and accepting yourself. Hmm. It's easy to be loving and accepting yourself or more easy if you are acting in a pretty way. But when you're acting in a harmful way, can you still be loving and accepting of yourself? That's a very important thing. Hmm. That is, And you have to be aware because the tendency is to judge yourself when you're not acting like a yogi. Of course. Right? Yeah. Like if let's say you turned around and got mad at that girl behind you at the kirtan, Mm -hmm. right? And then maybe you go home and you start beating yourself up because you said, oh, I should have given her love Mm -hmm. and I gave her this look, Mm -hmm. right? And you start beating yourself up. No, you have to accept, you know? Mm -hmm. Hey, this is part of my process. Mm -hmm. I will learn from this and I will grow and never have one other thought about it ever again. Mm -hmm. Stay present. Yeah. Yeah. Just listen to love. Yeah. <laughs> so now I've answered your question way too long. <laughs> that was, was a 15 minute answer. It was divine. I'm time sorry, <laughs> listeners. Okay. This is me. I can talk and talk and talk. <laughs> Thank you so much. You're welcome. super excited to hear how this episode was moving you. I'd be happy to know about your insights. So if you feel like sharing them with me, just jump to Instagram at UPYoga and share them underneath the Insta post that's connected to this episode. Or you can also send me an email through the contact form on my website. Check out my website for upcoming retreats, workshops, events, and online courses. And if you want to support my work, Leave me a five-star rating on iTunes. I hope to read or hear from you soon or even see you on the mat somewhere. Until then, take care and listen to love. Reason.